Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Two on the play clock. They get the snap. They only bring four. Stidham in the pocket. Gets out of there. Eyes downfield. Flag flies. He's drilled as he throws. Open Adams at the 35. Racing to the 20. 10. Touchdown Raiders. Stidham was drilled as he threw it and found a wide open Devontae Adams for if it stands a 60-yard touchdown. Devontae Adams makes an adjustment and holds it in at the 20. Unbelievable grab by Devontae. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Right there you heard the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz on a couple nice plays from uh, Jarrett Stidham to Devontae Adams Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. Devontae Adams had seven catches for over 150 yards and a couple touchdowns on the day. Of course, Jarrett Stidham making his career start, the first career start, uh, had a hell of a performance. And joining us now on the phone lines is Jason Horowitz, our good friend. And Jason, thanks so much for your time. Before we get into anything that has to do with Stidham, Devontae, what you saw on Sunday, what you expect to see on Saturday, just kind of want to know your thoughts, man. You've been around the game of football for a very long time, covering it, you know, calling it, all that good stuff, college kids, NFL, all that. What were your thoughts when you saw what happened on Monday night uh, in Cincinnati with Damar Hamlin? Um, I, I think, like, first of all, hope you were having a great week, buddy. Looking forward to seeing you one last time. I, 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 I think like everybody else, you know, it's, you, you knew what you were watching from afar, was not what we are used to seeing um, as dangerous and as violent and as vicious as football is. Uh, you're still not used to, you know, ever seeing someone with that much uh, urgency where everyone is so concerned that they may live or die on the field. Um, now, I say that while I also know, Q, that, you know, we may not see that in our television sets, uh, on 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 the NFL or in college very often, but things like that in football happen. High schools and middle schools all over the country every year that we don't know about. Yeah. So to say that it, you know, I know I, one of the things that I think I've heard a lot this week is that well, we've never seen it; that never happens, and that's not true. It does right. happen, um, and I think it's drawn a lot of attention to those that you don't, you know, because high school and middle school, you you don't have thirty medical professionals no. on the sideline at all times and a hospital right there, so. So I think it's drawn a little bit of attention to that. And then the other thing that I, and I, I shared this with you via text last night while you were on the air. I, I, I personally have always struggled with the callous nature about how we just go about our business when someone is hurt, the immediacy of moving on when they're either on the sideline or carted to the locker room or they're being evaluated for a concussion and we just move on like it's normal. Right. And, and I personally for a long time have struggled with that. And and this added to that part of it, and I'm glad um, Zach Taylor talked today about what he and Sean McDermott talked about. Uh, I'm glad Sean McDermott had the sense to know when he and Zach Taylor spoke that they could not play. Right. Because I fully believe, and I know what Troy Vincent has said, and I know what the NFL has said, and I have no firsthand knowledge whatsoever that the NFL did or did not come out and say, hey, we're going to play in five minutes warm up. I know they said they never said that. But Joe Buck and ESPN got that from somewhere. Right. That they didn't. You are first and foremost taught as a broadcaster to just to never speculate. Mm. And Joe Buck is one of the, you know, whether you like his style, or you don't like his style, whatever. He is a, an ultimate professional whose father is an all timer, and he's an all timer. And there's no way he was speculating on five minutes in play. So it came from somewhere, 
And I'm glad that Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor had the sense to say, nope, we're not playing. Yeah, me too. I, I agree with that 100%. And I'll say this, and I took it a step further and told uh, anyone who would listen that, you know, I would have no problem looking at this week coming up and saying, you know what, just take a timeout, man. I mean, it's it's yeah. you can it's built in the schedule where you can actually push everything back a week. And I'm not saying that that's going to cure all, but at least it gives everyone a chance to exhale. Well, and, and, I, and I've been talking, look, you and I both know and work with a lot of either former college players, NFL players, you know, folks who have been around the game a long time, and you don't have to have played in the game to understand what we are all experiencing and witnessing this week. But certainly those who played at the highest level, that means they played at the longest. They understand they were getting paid to play the game, and whether you got paid $150,000 or $500 you know, million, right. whatever. Um, a lot of them have said, look, we're, we're accustomed to this, and we're going to play, and this is what we do. And at the same time, I've been following that up with questions like, well, what if you can't, you know, like my mom passed away when I was 32 years old. It wasn't sudden. She had cancer. It was a six month process and I didn't go back to work right away and nobody expected me to. Right. And now DeMar Hamlet hasn't at this particular moment, he has not passed away. And by all reports, the last couple of days, it seems that things are improving, but he is still in a medically induced coma in intensive care. Right. I, who's to say that those guys are ready to go play? You know, I, I know Josh McDaniels talked about today that the, the Raiders met with doctors who explained some of the situation and what happened on the field, and the NFL is providing counseling for those who need it and things like that. And maybe some guys don't, maybe some do. I don't know. But but if, if, if I'm a professional football player, and yes, this is my profession, um, they might I might need a moment here and be like, well, let, me, let, me, let me think about this. You know, yes, I go into play football every week, every day, knowing that I might tear my ACL, I might break a bone, I'm, I'm accepting the fact that 12 years from now I might have CTE. And whether we should accept that or not is a different story. That's right. another conversation, and it's part of all of this. But, but whether we should be okay with that, that's a different story. But they do accept that. They do understand that risk, and even more so as they're learning more about it. But most of them have told you they're never thinking about dying. And all of, that sudden, all of a sudden, for the last 48 hours, that has changed. And so... If, if some players are not like, hey, look, I'm not ready to play this week, they shouldn't be made to. Right. And, and, and I think that's something that needs to be talked about, but we'll see. My guess is we're going to play on Saturday. Yeah, I think the game's going to happen on Saturday. I think it's going to happen this week. But I do, to your credit, think that we're going to see a handful of players that are going to just say exactly what you just said. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm ready, not ready to play. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't begrudge anyone who says that. You know, I, I really don't. I think it's okay to say that. If, if some feel like that they can do it, fine. But others, that yeah. if they just, you know, I mean, like DJ Turner, for example, he's from Pitt, right? He knows, he knows yep. Hamlin, right? He he, he, he played teammates. with him yep. for a year. Yep. So they were teammates. Yeah, yep. they were teammates. Exactly. Um, and 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 you know, you you heard it in Mike Tomlin's voice yesterday when he addressed the media and talked about his personal relationship, you know, with Demar Hamlin being the fact that the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers share the same building and that they're both Pittsburghers, and yeah. you, you heard that all over the league. Again, I, this we we know what we're watching every. You just played it coming in, Q. Right. The Jarrett Stidham highlight where he is, uh, Hufanga just crushed him right. when he threw the football, and it wasn't head to head. And and we know football is you know violent, but like it's quite possible on a play like that, if it's a half second later or a half second earlier, he tears his rotator cuff. Right. Or breaks his shoulder, and we just accept that. Like, all right, Chase Garbers, go in. 
Yeah. And, 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 and I know that's what we make our living in. I, I, I think I might be one of the few who, who, who feels this way. And I always felt this way. Um, you know, when my children, when we go to a football game, it happened this year, uh, Labor Day weekend, the Michigan-Colorado State game. We went, and, and, and they were asking me because a player was getting carted off the field, why is everybody applauding? He's really hurt. I struggle to answer that question. Mm. And, and I know in our country right now, and there are many people listening, there's a lot of people who talk about, and I hate it, but there's a lot of people who talk about, hey, well, you know, the culture's getting soft. We used to be strong, whatever. Right. It's, it's, it's not that. We're learning more. You know more. You understand more. And part of what you understand is football's wonderful. It's a fun game. It's a great game. It is the ultimate team because you've got 11 on 11, and they all have to work as one. It is fantastic. It's also, when you step back and think about it, extremely barbaric. And I think that's why it's the number one sport in this country, and we understand why. Right. No, we love it. We all, you know, get ready to, to watch games each and every Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever. the We can't get enough of it, right? I mean, that's that's yes. why it is what it is. But you're right. It, it's it's that sport. And you know that, you know, you know, you're, you know what you're signing up for, but you're never prepared for something that we just saw on Monday. And again, we saw it in prime time. That was the reason why, going back to your point you made earlier, we saw it. Everyone saw it because it was a high-profile game, and it was in prime time. So everybody was locked yeah. in because we're trained to do that. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond's got one for you. Yeah, you touched on something that I want you to elaborate on. Do you think that there's anything that may be with this Hamlin incident that could get fan culture around football to change? In what way? Um, about, let's say being more compassionate once you see something like this or when it does come to the players' rights and being more on the fan side when it comes to maybe even like the labor part of things. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and I don't want to speak to ownership and things of that nature because I, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I, right. You know, one, we played, we, this is a game that is the most susceptible to injury and the shortest career, and yet it's the one sport that doesn't have guaranteed contracts because of that reason. Mm. And, and I, I don't know that this, look, maybe you guys have brought it up this week, maybe you haven't. There, have been, there were so many people on Monday night and Tuesday morning talking about the fact that it's never happened before in the NFL, and we've never seen this before. And, and it just so happens that I grew up in Detroit, so I knew this. Right. There was a player for the Detroit Lions, because I remember asking my family when I went to a game once, did, you know, did, has anyone ever died playing football? And yes, the answer is 1971. And I don't know about the 1910s, 20s, 30s, anything right. like that. But like, in 1971, there was a Detroit Lion wide receiver. His name was Chuck Hughes. Yep. And he died on the field, and there's a very famous picture of Dick Buckus looking over him. And, you know, it, it, the picture depicts Dick Buckus like he doesn't care in the world. The reality is, is within th- two seconds, uh, it was very much like how it was in Cincinnati on Monday night where he was screaming for training to come out there because he knew something had happened. And, and there's a lot more to that story. And as I've read more about it this week, Yahoo Sports did a, a, a piece on him seven or eight years ago and his family and his wife and and what that week was like and what it has been like. And she has been profiled since Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Sharon. Yeah. And, but most people don't know that. And, and, and so the question you're asking about, will, will DeMar Hamlin change how everybody views this? My hope would be, yes. I would love to think that we stop and actually stop thinking about players as just like, all right, next man up, next man up, next man up. But the reality of football and sports because injuries happen so often, is it has to be next man up. Right. Because otherwise you never get a game in. Yep. Yep. Exactly. No, you're spot on. 
Uh, and that's that's the reality of it. And so, uh, you know, this this too, like everything else, will pass. I just I just hope that it's not, you know, brushed under the the rug. And I think Jason, the the thing that's really, you know, kind of making it linger on uh, longer than most people probably expected, even when it happened on Monday, is the fact that there's so much uncertainty even right now. Right. Sure. We, just, we don't have any idea. Like sometimes we'll see something happen and we know, OK, this is the result of what we just saw. We don't know. And we have no idea. At least I have no idea when we will know something. That to me is what probably is the most troublesome is that we just don't know. Don't know. Not a clue. Not yep. not a, not a single clue. And and again, the reporting by a lot of people in and around Cincinnati who have been staying with uh, the family, who have been talking to family and friends and, and getting information. Um, you know, again, it seems like it's tending in the in the positive direction. Yep. But there's a great there's a you know I I don't know this and you don't know this and nobody does but there's certainly a possibility and maybe a probability that he's still in a medically induced coma on Saturday when the Raiders and Chiefs kick off. Right. I I and maybe it's just because we work for the Raiders and we're getting ready to call the Raiders and the Chiefs and it just so happened that the next game for 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 the NFL uh, or for all of football for that matter um, is the Raiders. Right. But my wife and I were watching Monday Night Football probably 45 minutes into the what was going on, and he had already been taken to the hospital, and they were in the delay, and they, a game had not been postponed yet. And I, you know, the lower third was showing the lead, and DeMar Hamlin, you know, CPR on the field, and all those things that we saw and were reading and were watching. And in the very right lower part of the screen, right next to it, was a graphic that said special Saturday doubleheader, and it had a graphic of the Chiefs and the Raiders. Right, and I, I just I I struggled with that because it's like, hey, here's this guy. We don't know if he's going to live or die. This is you know right in the aftermath of what's happening. The game's postponed. We never get something like that. But don't worry, you've got football coming up again in six days. And and it struck me, and I think it struck me just because it's our our game, and and for us, it's our last game of the season. And it just so happens that it happens to be the next team. Um, and and we'll see what happens. I, I I'm I'm very interested to see as this weekend plays out. I, and that is one of the things I've been talking about with a lot of friends and, and coworkers who work in the NFL, have played in the NFL, is would they be surprised if players choose not to play Saturday and Sunday? And some have said yes, they'd be very surprised. And some have said no. I've had a couple of my colleagues tell me they wouldn't be able to play, and they played in the NFL. So I don't know. We'll yeah. find out. Well, I'll tell you right now, Jason, sign me up for the, the, the part that will not be surprised when guys don't play. And I do believe that there will be multiple guys that do not play this weekend for that exact reason. Like, they're just not ready. And, and again, I don't blame them at all. I actually had a guy, a buddy, uh, CK, he works in Fresno for Fox Sports, and he had me on the radio show on, on Tuesday, I believe. And we were talking, and he said, Q, if you're Stephon Diggs, if you're Josh Allen, how do you get back on the, on the field? And, and, Jason, no joke, I literally started crying. Yeah thinking about that and I don't I don't know why but I was, all of a sudden I was in tears and I was like I'm sorry dude like I'm trying to do this interview with you but I, I I'm struggling well, he's like he's like it's and all right here's, and, <laughs> and here's the other part too I, I like you know one of the things that is often said in this country and it's a true statement it's not it's not false it's accurate you know people talk about sports as a rallying cry yeah um you know I my the third final four I ever worked for CBS was in was in Detroit 2009 and Michigan State made it and 2009 was the housing crisis and a major recession. And Detroit was really struggling, and people were talking about how it could be a really big lift for the city and the state. And you know, I, and some of those things are true. Like sports do unite people. Sports because you know everyone, whether Republican, Democrat, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
the sports bring people together. They always have. Um, but when the thing that makes you think about what caused the issue is the sport itself, right? Um, yeah. it, it changes it a little bit. And so, you know, when nine 11 happened, there were no, there was nothing. There were no sports. Everybody right. stopped for a week and yes, sports were a rallying cry for people to gather around. No mm-hmm. question. Um, and, and, and kind of make you feel like, Hey, things can go back. Things will be okay again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and other, you know, Hurricane Katrina and, you know, fill in the blank other tragedies that have happened uh, in our lifetimes. And, and I think I heard Max Kellerman today on ESPN Radio talking about during World War II when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And, and the commissioner of baseball asked FDR, what do we do? And he said, you got to play. The country needs baseball. Like, you yeah. know, and that was December. And then baseball was there in, in April. So there's no question that that is true about our country and our history and sports and how the role it plays in our society. But the thing that everybody just watched that caused this strife is football itself. And, right. and as maybe as infrequent of an incident as it is, it still has made everybody stop and think. Right. The rallying cry is what is causing the cry. Right. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great point, man. I hadn't even thought about it like that, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what sports does. That's what, Hell, doing my job every day does. It's it's that rallying cry right. for me. You know, it makes it makes me in that puts me in that happy place. So yeah, I, I get it, man. It's 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 something. It's something. And hey, at the same time, you're preparing for a call on Saturday, right? And and the and the players, yeah. they were back at the facility today preparing. And, and I I love the fact that Josh McDaniel said we got the proper people to talk to the guys if they need it. If they need more, we'll do more. Like I feel like that they're in the right place where they're being as as you know thoughtful and 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 and. You know, just on the side of the players, whatever yeah. they need, to, as much as they can. You know, there's not really a whole lot they could do besides give them a, a, a someone to talk to or, or listen to. Sure, sure. And, and, and you know, I hope that continues, and I'm sure it will. Right. But I hope that continues once. You know, look, the reality is is that Saturday is going to be the final game of the season. Yep. Sunday, Sunday they're going to clean out their lockers, or Monday, and then they're going to go their separate ways, and these guys – you know, for are never going to be a team again, as all of them. Right. And you know, who knows what what you know how the coaching staff works out, and 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 all of that stuff. So it will change, and hopefully, those that support is in place for them beyond this week. Because again, as we've talked about now for six, fifteen, sixteen minutes, um, it, that that struggle, that pain, that reality isn't going to stop just because they, you know, right. it, it's still there. All right, the season's over. All right, no, no, no more pain. Season's over. No, that's not. You're yeah. right. That's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Nor should it. So uh, there, there you go. Well, Jason, fantastic stuff. I, I really was gonna talk about Stidham and some other things, he but great. Um, <laughs> I mean, he did good, right? I mean, he did good. Oh, he, dude, he was awesome. And you know, you'd love to have one of those interceptions back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the tip ball was. You know. You know, it, hit, it didn't even hit the guy in the hands. I don't remember if it was Eric Armstead or Kerry Hyder, whoever it was. It hit him in the helmet. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it, it hit him in the helmet, and then it's like, hey, look what I found. It just flew from the sky into my lap. Uh, and then, of course, the second one with Colton Miller being pushed back by Nick Bosa, you, you had you had that. So right. um, you'd love to have those back, but some of the plays he made, the offense was, uh, I look, we've scored that many points this year. There have been times where the Raiders have been phenomenal on offense this year, so it wasn't the first time they've had that. But in terms of from start to finish being consistent, you know, maybe Seattle's the only other game you could say they were that consistent. But even in Seattle, they had some struggles installing, which didn't really happen. 
It looked like they had extra energy, right? It looked like the players were out there with a little bit extra something to prove. I don't know if that was anger because of the stadium was red. I don't know if that was Stidham. I don't know if that was a combination of everything, but they just looked like they had a little bit more something behind their step on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and and we'll see what happens Saturday. You know, I I know there's I'm expecting like look, Las Vegas is a place where everybody around the country wants to come for a road trip. Yeah. Uh, and we've known that you guys knew that when 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 you moved with the team in 2020, and of course there was nobody in the stadium for the first year because of COVID. But last year you certainly saw some of that, and Broncos game this year and a couple of others certainly on on Sunday against the Niners. Um, so we'll see whether it's red or the last game of the year is, is silver and black all over the stadium. But um, uh, yeah, it, that was a def- that was definitely a major pro San Francisco crowd, which I'm sure did not make the uh, team happy when they came out of the locker room. No doubt. I know it didn't make the team happy, and I'm sure it didn't make the owner happy either because that's not what he wants to see uh, in that beautiful stadium called Allegiant Stadium. Well, Jason, fantastic stuff, man. Uh, I can't wait to uh, hang out with you uh, at the torch again like we do each and every game day. Uh, I know I'll see you, and and, and if I don't, which I know I will, but if I don't, man, have a fantastic call on Saturday. (laughs) I'll see you. I'll be there. All right, brother. Appreciate you. There he goes. Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of the silver and black. And sometimes you just got to let the conversation take you where it takes you. So we definitely appreciate him. Coming up next, Adam Hill. He was inside the Raiders locker room. We'll get his thoughts on what he heard, what he saw, how he feels about this upcoming game on Saturday. It's Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. 4.30 is the time. Adam Hill is expected to join us in a matter of seconds here on Radio 920. My man, DeMond Cotton's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We just heard from the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz. Want to hear from you as well. 702-365-9200. Don'tbebroke.com. Text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. We'll close out the show with your text and your calls. But right now, join us on the phone lines is Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Also ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield & Company, our sister station. And Adam, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And before we get into the serious stuff about what's going on with the players in the locker room, I told DeMond to start off the show that when head coach Josh McDaniels was talking, you asked the question about Chase Garbers and who the emergency quarterback was. He pointed my way, and nobody wanted to believe that he was talking about me. What, what was your take on that? He absolutely did not point your way. He did, too. He did. There's no chance he pointed your way. If he did, it was because he wanted you to ask a question, he was saying next question. He wanted to move on to somebody else. I don't think he was pointing at you. I think you're having delusions of grandeur that somebody believes you can actually throw a football. Nobody believes that. Uh, he was not pointing at you. He was asking for the next question. So stop lying to your listeners. I was the only dude on that side of the room. Yeah, he was saying next question. Yeah, hey, Q, help me out. Ask the next question. I don't want to answer this. It was, not, it was not you. First of all, I actually think it's legitimate. I want to know who the backup plan is. Uh, if Chase Garber's were, if, you know, first of all, Jared Stidham was to get hurt, right. uh, which already is dealing with an elbow issue, obviously. And uh, if Chase Garber's was to go down, who is the plan? I, I believe it's Hunter Renfro, uh, but I wanted to know that. I wanted to ask that question, and uh, we did not get clarity on that. So I'm a little disappointed. Uh, I wish you would have taken the, you know, taken the bull by the horns when he said, you know, he wanted the next question and pointed your direction. If you would have said, yeah, I want to know too. Who's the emergency quarterback? That would have helped out. We'll ask on Friday. We'll ask on Friday because I believe he was pointing me out like he pointed to Sean out when he talked about him being a linebacker. Uh, well, to Sean is – I mean, I hate to – I don't want to cast aspersions here, but to Sean is a, of, of the age of an athlete, unlike <laughs> you. 
Hey, man, I'm in that Tom Brady range, baby. Who's, I don't know, 60? What are you? Like, you're an old man. <laughs> Adam, we spent the first 10 minutes of the show talking about Q as the third-string quarterback. You can't do this to us. I mean, what year are we talking? I don't even think you could have thrown the ball in your prime 30 years ago. You certainly couldn't throw it now. I mean, look, I got some wiggles still on my legs, man. So you're going to be an option quarterback? That doesn't make any sense. Can we do – how about this? Can we set up like a skills challenge for everybody in the media room and we'll see who the, who the emergency quarterback is? Yeah, do let's like do it. The old, uh, the old battle of the quarterbacks like they used to do with the Pro Bowl, the moving targets you got to hit with the, with the paint on the ball? Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, set it up, man. Set it up. It's all good. Better, it's better than whatever – sorry, uh, never mind. I was going to say it's better than whatever nonsense they do at the Pro Bowl now. But, no, go to the Pro Bowl. I'm sure they're a sponsor, so that's awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. It is nonsense. They know it. <laughs> they know it. You're good. <laughs> you are good. Adam Hill is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Let's get into some serious talk. I- I'm going to ask Coach on Friday if I could be the emergency guy. We'll just get into okay. it then, but uh, yeah. and we'll see what he has to say. But I did want to ask you on a serious note, what was kind of the mood you know, around the, the locker room, around the players today as they got back to work this week? It sucked. I mean, as you would expect, I know uh... – a couple of players who were not in the room at first uh, kind of walked in and even made comments. I'm like, man, it sucks in here. Like, it's it's just, it's dead. Even, like, usually when, you know, once the media comes in, there's, it's lively. Everybody's going around and having conversations. And uh, it just wasn't like that. And I, I don't know if that's our fault or their fault. Like, I, I, obviously, there were some guys I wanted to talk to uh, about the situation, uh, primarily DJ Turner, who's a college teammate uh, of DeMar Hamlin. So I, I thought, you know, getting his, uh, his thoughts, and I thought, the first thing I wanted to do is just say, "Hey, look, um, I don't know if you want to do an interview or not, but are you okay? Like, you know, are, how, yeah. how, are, how are you doing?" And uh, kind of talked to him, and uh, he was very, very open and, and honest and very emotional. Um, he actually uh, told me that, uh, told a couple of us that uh, when when he went to the transfer portal at Maryland, one of the first calls he got was from Hamlin trying to recruit him to Pittsburgh, and it's really the reason that he went there. Wow! Um, so he's been close to them for a long time, and um, you, you just tell he's devastated. He's he's looking for answers like we all are, right? Because uh, as he pointed out, he said, yeah, I know his family. I, I know everyone in his family, but I'm not going to be the jerk that's sitting there texting a hundred times trying to get updates. Like, I, I want to find out what's going on. I want to know every second what's going on. I'm scrolling through my phone, but I'm not just going to keep harassing them when, they're, when they've got other things to deal with. So, you know, even you don't even think about that stuff, but even people that are close with him uh, are trying to get updates the same way we are, just hoping for good news somewhere. And so um, you, you understand that part of it. So uh, I will also say usually – you know, on a Wednesday, I'll get the story that I need to get to write for the day, which today is DJ Turner, and then kind of just go around and, and do a bunch of interviews and, you know, just find out what's going on with guys to try to find stories for later in the week. Um, I didn't really do that today, and I, I don't know if that's, you know, just stating that I'm not doing my job properly or what, but I, I kind of just went around to a lot of the different guys and just asked how they're doing. Like, I, I, I thought it was time to be more human than anything else and just, hey, man, like, you guys put your body out there every Sunday. Like, you, you, you've kind of come face to face with what could happen not that nobody not that everybody doesn't understand that already but to see it like that um you know so right in our face and to to be going through it still two days later just how are you feeling and i just kind of went around and talked to as many guys as i could and and you know i i got the sense of um not great like i don't think anybody's doing great right now but um Everybody's kind of dealing with it, and much credit to the Raiders, and I know a lot of other teams did this too, but um, multiple players said, like, I was not ready to come in and go to work today. I I came in not ready to just go out on the practice field, 
But the fact that they called everybody into a meeting, they had the, the chief medical officer of the team come in and speak and just kind of go through what they think they understand about what happened and why, you know, why it happened and why it's so rare uh, for something like that to happen, even though it's possible, it's incredibly rare. Uh, it's like the, the perfect confluence of negative events in terms of taking a shot to the chest right in the wrong part of the, uh, the heart cycle. Um, we've seen it, you know, obviously in hockey with, with Chris Pronger a few years ago, uh, many years ago, really. But, you know, to, to see that that can happen um, and they explained to them why it happened and, and how rare it is and all that. And, and I think it really got guys to be like a little bit more understanding. And, um, you know, I think several of them said, not, not I think, several of them did say, like, I don't know that I would have been able to just go right in and go out and practice if they would have said, all right, get out, get out on the field. Like they needed that. They needed that conversation. It makes sense. It really does. And I was wondering how all of a sudden they were going to flip the switch and start to turn the page to the next game, especially a game on Saturday that for the Raiders doesn't mean anything. I mean, you yeah. know, it means they have one more game. That's that's all that that means. And uh, Adam, we had Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders, on right before you, and he asked me if I thought that there was going to be players throughout the league, not just the Raiders, but throughout the league that might decide not to play this weekend. And I told him, yeah, I told him I thought that there was yeah. going to be guys that chose not to play. What do you think? I, I you know, I I get that sense. I. I don't know, like a guy, you know, and then DJ Turner obviously on the practice squad, so um, we'll see how that works. But a guy like that, um, you know, I don't know. I know he, uh, one of the guys he referenced was uh, Kenny Pickett, who was the quarterback at Pitt when they were there, and and that he's been talking to him and trying to figure it out. I, I feel at this point that the Bills aren't going to play. Right. Like I don't think they're playing on Sunday, and we'll see what that means in terms of you know, the, the season and the wins and losses and all that stuff, but I, I can't imagine that they want to go out there and play, and I, I have a feeling they're not going to play. The Bengals, I feel like, are kind of the same way. Um, and, and so you talk about the guys that are in the immediate vicinity, uh, and then the secondary one, not secondary, you know, obviously in importance or anything, right. but the guys who are on the field, awful. I don't know how they come back. The guys that know um, Hamlin and have been around him and are friends with him, you know, a guy like DJ Turner, people like that in that realm, very tough, and then you then you talk about the you know the third part of that circle, which is just other guys that are in the brotherhood of the NFL, just other players that are not comfortable, and I I, I just don't know. I think that there's a lot of guys that are weird mental place. I know Aaron Rodgers talked publicly yesterday on, on the Pat McAfee show about um, some of his thoughts, and just it does make you think about the future and you know what what is it all for um, if you can't you know have your have your future ahead of you. Um, he, he, he pointed that out. So I think there's a lot of players that are probably in that same boat. And then uh, I'll say, I won't say who it was, but I talked to uh, one player in the NFL who he said, look, I, I, I hope that this doesn't come off wrong, but it's our job. He's like, I, I understand the risk. I know what it is, but it's our job. And I, I think that that is a sentiment that a lot of people have that they don't want to, you know, they don't want to be jerks about it. They don't want to say like, Hey, it happens, but that, that's the reality of the situation you choose to do this and it, you get you know rewarded nicely for it, but it, it's your job at the end of the day. And, and you, you've, you know, you understand what you sign up for, even if it's not that right. Like you, you know, that that's a potential possibility. So I think everybody has different emotions about it and I don't think anybody's wrong. I, I right. hope that nobody's getting judged for how they feel. Everybody has to feel their, their way about it. And everybody has to get through this the same way. 
I agree 100%. And everyone takes it and, and deals with it uh, in a different way. So that, that's why I think that there's going to be a lot of different uh, feelings across the league, uh, a lot of different emotions across the league from multiple different players. Adam Hill is our guest here from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal, also ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company, our sister station on Raider Nation Radio 920. And necessary roughness. DeMond's got one for you. You've got a bit of a connection with the Buffalo fan base. I know that fans around the league are taking this hard, but how do you think this is particularly hitting the fans in Buffalo? Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I have a lot of a lot of family members that are there. You know, they can park park at their house and walk to the game, and uh, part of that community for sure. And obviously, uh, you know, a local business here that I'm very close with the owner, and it's where all the Bills fans gather. And I know, you know, the other night watching the game, they were just um, they were just devastated and crushed. Like I think all fans were. I don't want to say that it's just them, but right. they obviously have this close connection. Um, and and I'll say, I I did have a couple family members that reached out. Um, you know, yesterday morning, the day after, and they said, I feel horrific that I'm asking this, but what do you think it means for our seed? And there, there are, there is that, like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ask that question, but what does this mean? Like, this is a year that we could win the Super Bowl, And I think at some point the focus is going to get back there, but obviously everybody right now is focuses on a hospital room in Cincinnati and how that's going to play out. And then, you know, at some point those conversations are going to be had and, I think they are being had, even if you don't want to talk about it publicly, they have to be. Um, you know, the, the reality of the situation is it's a multi-billion dollar business that is going to go on. Yeah. And as much as you don't want to think about that, like it is, like that's going to happen. So I know the fans don't want to talk about that right now. They don't want to be the one that publicly says it, but it's a thought that's going on right now as, as you start to turn to, hey, let's hope he gets through this. And it sounds like there's some, some promising signs, if, if not overly promising, at least somewhat yeah. promising the last couple of hours so um i think it's okay let's keep our focus there but you know there is also a, a season that is still out there yeah no there is and i don't blame fans that feel that way either right i mean no. because they, you know they want to know and you know it's a hell of a season that buffalo's having and you know i mean there's i get it like it, it's just i understand where they're coming from though they don't want to feel like they're insensitive or sound like they're insensitive but at the same time i mean it's this is a game that we are entertained by and we make money off of and i mean everyone you know everyone has uh, some kind of interest in the game and the game's continuing on so i, I totally understand where they're coming from as well so uh segue into the game Jarrett Stidham had a hell of a performance, I thought, on Sunday against San Francisco. What do you expect to see from his uh, encore performance in the last game of the season? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of the same stuff, a lot of him using his legs. Uh, I, I don't I don't know if he's going to be as willing to take shots that he was taking on Sunday. I mean, that was, that was just brutal. He was just getting rocked all over the place, and I think he's feeling it, right? I mean, he's got the elbow issue coming out of that. He, we heard about the uh, – you know, coming over to the sideline and celebrating with blood at his teeth. Mm. Um, he, he he put up a very, very valiant, tough performance. I don't know if you can do that back-to-back weeks. I know you couldn't do it 16 straight weeks. Uh, but, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of the same. I think we're, he's he's really embracing and thriving in this opportunity. Um, and Devontae Adams kind of talk, talked about that today. He said, look, the guy was amazing. He's like, the key to being good in the NFL is being able to do that over and over and over again. So right. he's going to have to show that he can do that. He's going into a contract off season. We know that. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's auditioning for either the Raiders or someone else. So uh, I, I expect to see a big performance from him, but um, I don't know if he can uh, take some of those same hits again. No, he can't. He And that's I would not suggest that as the quarterback. But, you know, you, you mentioned his contract, and I'm curious by that because we've been talking about what people want to see from him, and a lot of people are, are convinced, okay, he could be the starter based off of one game. That's too small of a sample size for me. 
But two games isn't much more. So what do the Raiders do, right, with this situation where it's only two games and then he's a, he's free to go if, if some other team offers him a big contract? Um, should we uh, – I've I heard, I heard the names. Um, Kevin Cobb being one. Uh, who came in at the end of the season with a couple of great games and got a big contract. That's true. Uh, and the other one is a player that I still think is unbelievably talented and just never was able to put it together, but Rob Johnson is the other one. If you go back and look at Rob Johnson, his last, I believe it was four games that he played for Jacksonville, uh, as a, he was a backup quarterback, came in as a starter, just had phenomenal week, you know, a phenomenal month yeah. for the Jaguars going into free agency and then signed a big contract uh, with the Buffalo Bills out of that. Like Those are the cautionary tales, right? Like I yeah. don't know that anybody thinks – uh, Jared Stidham is that person that's going to get this massive contract for having two big games, but um, it is things you look back on and say, look, these, these things can happen when you're, you don't have all the tape on a guy, you don't have him scouted out, he can come in and, and put up a couple of big performances and you know be, provide a little bit of a fool's gold. I don't think Stidham is that way. I think his, his success comes from the fact that he's understood the system so much um, and he does have some natural ability. Don't forget, out of high school, number one threat <laughs> quarterback in the country. Which, as you know, yes, from being uh, from being out of the Baylor area for sure. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that has a ton of talent, has a ton of ability, um, hasn't been put together, but he hasn't really had that opportunity in the NFL. So I don't think anybody should be totally surprised by his success, uh, but I also don't know that he's automatically going to get a, some massive contract somewhere. So uh, I'm sure the Raiders would love to have him as a potential backup quarterback if that's part of the plan with – you know, as we as we hear the speculation on either Brady, Garoppolo, even Aaron Rodgers potentially as a starter, uh, Stidham would be a nice uh, a nice insurance policy and a guy that you know could take over at some point down the future as well. There you go. I like it. I like it. Well, before we let you go, Demond, he's got to take it to UNLV. You were the guy that broke the news to us in the media room today about Bobby Petrino. Uh, you let us know that he was taking the Chris Beard route and he was out of here, headed to Texas A and M. Go ahead, Demond. Yeah, now that we know that Bobby Petrino is running from the grind, who do you think that UNLV should target next for their offensive coordinator? Uh, somebody who doesn't like riding motorcycles. <laughs> With rando women on the back of them? I just said motorcycles. I didn't go anywhere else. Too. I just said doesn't like motorcycles. That's it. Uh, <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, great answer. Top ten answers on the board. Mine's number one. <laughs> yours is number two. What do you got coming out on the RJ that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, I got that DJ Turner story for nice. sure coming up, and uh, I'm just kind of writing about. I think for the for the game preview, it'll just be about you know the the mentality of getting back to work when nobody really wants to, and everybody's kind of skeptical and feeling a little uneasy. But uh, the you know the show must go on in the, in the NFL. It's a business, so uh, the team will be out there on Saturday to play a football game. Yes, sir. We'll be in the press box to check it out in the locker room following. So, uh, Adam, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. If I don't see you before Saturday, man, I'll see you in the press box. Did we lose him already? Did he just hang up on me? Was that a mic drop? Was that a mic drop? Oh, what's, are, you, are you there? Oh, yeah, there you are. I, I lost you for a minute. Oh, you know how the reception is at the facility. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I will, I'll see you on Friday for sure. I'll see you on Friday. We'll have that skills challenge. Sounds good. I like it. <laughs> All right, Adam. There he goes. Adam Hill from the RJ. Man, yeah. All of a sudden he was gone. I was like, damn, DeMond hang up on him or he hang up on me. He didn't want nothing to do with it. And I still I still will tell you that Josh McDaniels, he was pointing to me at the quarterback position. I'm going to ask him about it. It's really going to be uh, out of line to ask during the press conference, but I'm going to ask him. It'll be the last question. It might be the question when he's walking off. I'll be like, hey, coach, you were pointing at me real quick. I got to ask him. <laughs> he's going to be like, yeah, Q, of course. Right, yeah. He's going to look at me and be like, uh, no. 4.47 is the time. We'll come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 
451 is the time coming up at the top of the hour. Coach Kevin Kruger, his uh, coaching show, UNLV Coach Kevin Kruger, his coaching show, Bourbon Street Lounge. That's where it's at, right, Demond? Inside the Orleans. So you'll hear that conversation coming up at the top of the hour. We've got a few more minutes to get to you. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our good friend Jared right here in Vegas. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's going on, Q? Chilling, man. Thank you for my time. Yes, sir. Hey, um, I, I missed the beginning of the show. I don't even know what the show topic is, but what I wanted to say is, um, you know, nobody likes what, what we saw out in the crowd on Sunday. So I personally got on Ticketmaster and got, got my family some tickets because, you know what, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. So nice. I implore every Raider fan that hasn't had a chance to get out there, it didn't go. It didn't go the way we wanted it. There's no doubt about that. So let's finish this thing off right. If you're a Raider fan, tickets aren't as a haven't been this cheap all year, and not even preseason. So get out there, get you some, get you some tickets, and let's go close this place out right. Silver and black, pride. Show what you got. Don't be a hater. Just come out there and give your respect. And nobody likes what went on. But let's not let that happen again. Let's do our best. I've done my best. I implore everybody to do their best. Get out there. Get you some tickets, man. There he goes. I like it. Jared in Vegas dropping the hammer, dropping the gauntlet, putting the challenge out there. Go on and get you some tickets, man. Go out and check out the, sh- uh, the game. Final game of the year, right? After, uh, after the game on Saturday, you know, they'll have their exit interviews, whether it be on uh, Sunday or Monday. And then also we're going to look up to Mon and go, well, now what? <laughs> now what? Right? There ain't no game to preview. There ain't no game to talk about. We're going to be upset. We're going to be missing the games. And, of course, it's going to be a busy offseason. I know there's going to be a lot to talk about. There always is each and every offseason. But it's not the same as not having no games. Right? And, and I know it's busy. Football season is the busiest time of year for us. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, got coaching. You know, we got this, that, and the other. I, I get it. But, man, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like that grind. So we're definitely going to miss it. So uh, if you get that opportunity, like Jared said, man, go out to the game. I uh, definitely encourage you. I uh, got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line from Brazy in Vegas. Uh, you want to keep your fans in the stands, you better win games. Otherwise, they'll try and recoup that PSL cost by reselling. Look at Cowboys Stadium when they first opened it up. They didn't win, so fans sold their tickets. That's Brazy in Vegas, and you are spot on, Brazy. Spot on. I've been saying that for a long ever since Allegiant Stadium opened up. The way to keep the opposing team out of the, 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 the stadium as much as they were on, uh, on Sunday with the 49er game is win games. It's just that simple. You've got to win a lot of games. You've got to show dominance at home. If you do that, the fans, the opposing fans will be a little hesitant to buy tickets and, and continue to, to come here and, and uh, feel like that they have an opportunity to take over the stadium. But you've got to win games. If not, then you could be in trouble. So, And I remember I was in Texas when that takeover of Cowboy Stadium happened. You're spot on, man. It didn't matter who, what team it was that came in there. It was always taken over by the opposing fans. I uh, got a text from Mark in Jersey. When I say toe-to-toe with Mahomes, I mean just compete at a high level because Mahomes is going to put up points. He is elite. Yeah, we know. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. I'm just saying that I'm not looking at, like, stats and numbers. I'm really looking for uh, understanding, uh, continuity, consistency really more than anything else, just showing that he understands that role when you talk about what you want to see from, from Jared Stidham. So I understand. I know you're not talking toe-to-toe as far as numbers because, again, that's, that's not going to be uh, realistic. Uh, Raider at T hit us up. That Monday incident was a traumatic experience for all involved, and PTSD is possible 
for players. I agree with that as well. Radio at T, thank you so much. And Brad in the Bay Area is going to close this out. What I want to see from Stidham is more of the same, which should show the start to consistency that always we want, while maybe working on protecting himself from those certain shots also. Uh, Q, I uh, think you will be the first reserve quarterback in the NFL to be thrown in one game day sporting the red jersey. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'd be wearing. I'd be wearing that red jersey. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone for chiming into the show. DeMond, great job. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.